Hello, and welcome to Screen Streets. My name is Cameron, and I'm here tonight with my paisan, Joel. Hello. Hey, Joel. How are you, man? I'm all right. Uh, I just been over here crushing a bag of Milky Way Midnight, so I'm on a sugar rush and ready to go. Milky Way Midnights, huh? That's how you're. That's how you're rolling tonight. I'm. I'm a fan. That's like one of my favorite little chocolate snacks. Yeah. Anything else exciting lately in your life? Yeah. Uh, sorry about the uh, hiatus again. Another little interruption in our daily broadcast. I uh, had a uh, medical emergency pop up. And I spent almost a week in the hospital, so I was unable to really watch any of the stuff we had planned. I gave it, a, I gave it my college try, and like my roommate was screaming in pain, and nurses were in and out every couple seconds. It was hard. It was pretty hard to focus. And I had my own thing going on. Like it was, yeah, I had a, I had a rough week last week. Yeah, you uh, you sent me a picture of your foot, and it was gnarly, brother. It sure was. Didn't uh, look right. I'll have you know it's it's looking a lot better. That's good. That's good. You've been going to the doctors and stuff? No, I making don't know. I, I not... assume it's looking a lot better, because it was looking a lot better, and now it's been wrapped up for, like, since Monday. And I, okay. don't, get, I don't get to unwrap it till Monday, so... Well, that'll be a fun surprise. Uh, it looked okay last time. Like, it looked a hell of a lot better than what I sent you. Like, yeah, imagine waking up with that picture I sent you. It's it's uh, it's ER time. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't go to the ER easily, but when uh, when my foot's rotting off, I think I would. Yeah. What about... You no, know, uh... so I said medical emergency, and you just threw the whole kit and caboodle out there. Yeah, yeah. I thought everybody had a right to know your personal. I guess, I guess, yeah, let's just, just be transparent. How was your uh, How was your vacation? That yeah, was wonderful. I went to Montana amidst the wilderness. I live in a dry, arid desert area, so being in the wilderness was fun. Yeah, did you do any cool wildery things? Yeah, I went on hikes, and you know. Saw beautiful vistas, went along rivers and and right on, man. stuff. Yeah, sometimes it just it feels good to get back to nature for a minute. Yeah, get out in the middle of the country, Trump country. Hey, you don't you don't strike me as a real like outdoorsy guy, so that's that's cool to hear. Yeah, I'm not a real outdoorsy guy, if I'm being honest, and neither are my kids. Like, um. My older kid, he has a phone, and I didn't even know he was playing a video game when we're on the trail. I was like, what are you doing, dude? Get off your <laughs> friggin' phone. You don't see these trees ever, and you're sitting here playing on, on your phone? It, Kids these days, man. The God's green earth is like, it's nothing to children anymore. Like, they, they see such crazy imagery all day long they're like this is nothing dude I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't care for this at all like my, my feet are tired can we go back home I mean I get it a little bit but yeah 
maybe it's because I have a little bit of nostalgia for the for the wilderness because I grew up uh, spent a lot of time in Alaska, like like you did. Yeah, I grew up in Alaska. And uh, it reminded Montana reminded me of Alaska. Wait a minute, was, I didn't know you spent any time in Alaska. Yeah, I spent a few summers in Alaska. I think I told you that before, haven't I? I mean, it would seem like I would have known that because I grew up there. Ah, uh, what was like we would have talked about it at some point. That was weird that we haven't then. Uh, what was the town that Sarah Palin was a mayor of? Because it's like uh, Wasilla. Because we live. I mean, we didn't live. The my mom had a uh, an ex that she stayed with, and uh, he was right outside of Wasilla, I believe. Interesting. So it was weird when the Sarah Palin stuff happened. Oh yeah, my family was all about it. They were they were Sarah Palin bandwagoners, man. She wasn't a um, no, bright it was, lady. It was pretty depressing to have my whole family be like, "She's gonna change the world." Yeah, like, she doesn't know what words mean. <laughs> like, I don't. Okay, yeah, my my family and I differ pretty radically when it comes to politics i feel you there family and politics don't mix yeah so what about we get on with the show should we should we okay all right then let's jump right into it uh word on the street all right word on the street scarlett johansson is suing disney because her contract includes a cut of the box office budget like from theaters, but was told nothing of a simultaneous release on Disney Plus. And uh, yeah, apparently this is starting a trend because Emma Stone is thinking about joining her for because the same sort of thing for Cruella. It's so interesting, like because of like the pandemic, because like these guys shot these movies and signed these contracts before like streaming at home was like really a thing. Yeah. Like streaming theatrical releases was not a thing when they were making these movies and when they signed those contracts. So like, like I see where they have beef if that's what it says in their contract. And all of a sudden Disney like restructured their whole release format. Yeah, it sounds like Disney's probably going to have to pay because their contracts get very specific and apparently there's there's nothing like the contracts say we only plan to release this in theaters and if it happens otherwise and we'll, we'll your contract will be restructured or whatever. I mean, and, I don't know. Like I I saw something today where Disney like responded to Scarlett Johansson saying like her case has no merit. Well, yeah, that's what they're going to say, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. It's a so, ball... Like, it, it is interesting. It's an unpre- unprecedented time of, like, how we take in media, you know? Yeah. And, like, when they signed those contracts was before a global pandemic hit and before we consume media in that way. So, like, it's an interesting case, for sure. Well, it just seems like you should be able to to uh, throw that thirty dollar premiere access in as you know. I would, yeah, off. I mean, but, there's got to be a compromise. Yeah, there has to be. Because I'm sure they made a fuckload of money off that premiere access shit. 
Yeah, especially with Black Widow, I'm assuming, because isn't this the first like um, Marvel thing that's been? Yeah, in like three years or two years. Yeah. So a lot of people need their Marvel fix, man. Movie, anyway. They've had a lot of cool TV stuff. Well, they've had other movies to do premiere access, like Cruella and. Uh, no, stuff. I mean Marvel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they've, they've had some cool has... things to tide us over, like WandaVision and Loki and Winter Soldier. But like, yeah, this is the first big like people wanted a Marvel movie. I want a Marvel movie. I can't wait till it's like free to view. Yeah, I'm not paying thirty dollars right now. I feel you. I'm a cheapskate. All right. Uh, well, kind of in the same vein here. Word on the street: Gerard Butler is suing. Millennium Media saying they've hidden profits from him from the Olympus's Fallen series. He's right. owed at least ten million dollars, is what he claims. Seems like you wouldn't you wouldn't miss that. Like it's been a while <laughs> since those movies have been out. That's that's a wild. That's a lot of money to just hide from a man. I. Like, I really don't have anything to say on that. Like, it's just, okay. Like, I don't know. Like, that's weird to me that, like, he's owed this grand amount of money that he just is all of a sudden like, hey, what about that money from those movies I did a while ago? Gerard Butler's, his career's been interesting, man. He, uh, man, he came out so strong in 300 and you're like, this guy's going to be the guy. And I just, you don't see him in much. Those he, made, he made some awful romantic comedies. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I, I can't remember what movie it is I saw recently. I watched a movie like that was on a streaming service and he was, he was approaching like Nick Cage levels of insane. So I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah, when goes all in. Go. He's playing like a, a cop that was like a bad cop. Nah, I wish I could remember the name, but it wasn't that great a movie. So the thing about Nick Cage is like his movies have gotten so bad that they're amazing. Well, I've heard his movie Pig is like legitimately good. I feel like every now and then he has legitimately good movies, which just those are like, you know, his skipping stones instead of so he doesn't fall. I mean, I read an interview with him where he's just, he said that like making face off, for instance, was like, it was soul crushing. He had like no freedom to be himself and to like do what he wanted to do, which is wild to me because he made some choices in that fucking movie. That movie is insane. <laughs> yeah. But like for him to be like, I was completely hamstrung when we did that movie. I was like, really? Like that's how, what you were directed to do? I think anytime but, you know, he's saying like he's making all these indie weird interesting movies now because like they're fun and he's just he doesn't need the money he's just he's having a great time apparently he probably just works with directors where he can just kind of I don't want to say bully him but just say hey I'm going to do this and do that because it seems like he doesn't get along with like real strong directors like he had a big problem with the um cohen brothers after doing raising arizona saying he wasn't given enough freedom in that movie 
A lot which of those, is like shit like face off though. I imagine a lot of that comes down to like studio notes and shit because it's like a big blockbuster fucking movie. Well, yeah, and it's John Woo, man. He's like yeah. a serious dude. And I'm just, you know, the Cohen brothers, they're like serious dudes when it comes to making movies. Yeah. Even though Nick Cage in Raising Arizona is this one of his best, man. Like I mean, I just watched like Willie's Wonderland. Oh, you watched that? Yeah, it was a ridiculous fucking movie, but it was fun. Like, I had fun watching it. Like, he just, he takes this job overnight to, like, clean this Chuck E. Cheese type place. And, like, all the animatronic animals in there are, like, murderous and alive. And, like, he's just the one badass that's been able to, like, take them all on. He's, like, Nick Cage, the, the killer. Yeah, it's based on that game that kids like, that Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, was I can see that. Popular among the children a few years ago. That's what I anyway. like about this show, man. You have a news topic about Gerard Butler, and we go on a Nick Cage spree. No, I love Cage. And like I said, I've heard Pig is actually a legitimately great movie. So I'm, I kind of want to see it. I don't know. I haven't seen it streaming. I don't think so. I keep a pretty close eye on that shit. Did you see the trailer for it? I don't think so. I've heard of it though. Like I, that oh. name is familiar. Where it's like, it is, they take his pig and he has to go for revenge. But it's not like John Wick. It's much like I've heard. It's much more introspective and is it like a truffle hunting pig. Yeah, truffle yeah, pig. Like I think I've read about it. Yeah. All right. All right. Word on the streets is uh, Lucasfilm hired a YouTuber who made deep fakes that put their digital de-aging attempts look like garbage. I don't know if you've seen this guy's work, but Not it really, really does. Like, I've read the story. I didn't really like watch the video or anything. Yeah, you should watch the video because, man, it's like, why didn't they have someone like this? But... But I guess this guy isn't just some random YouTuber. He's like an actual, like, he has cutting edge stuff that he's doing. Right and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's always kind of cool when someone just forges their own path and someone notices and are like, hey, can you do that shit for us? Because, man, some of that, some of that stuff, it's like, oh, this isn't a movie like in a uh, rogue one when they had grand moff tarkin and he was like a cgi character he just looked he just looked like oh here's real people and interacting with this man from polar express it looked awful dude what uh did he do a version that was like it looked great yeah it looked real like it looked okay. like a real dude and it's like no that's a hundred times better they should now that they bought this guy maybe they can buy his work and like you know go back and change it which you know george lucas liked to do so might as well change the stuff you can change that actually sucks what uh, has he hired on like to do the mandalorian uh, it's just said lucasfilm hired him so uh, hopefully Hopefully he's hired on to do a lot of future stuff because the Mandalorian, when they had Luke Skywalker come back, that was creepy. Does does Lucasfilm do anything really other than Star Wars? 
Uh, not that I know of, but you know what? I don't really claim to know a lot of things. So yeah, like I mean, the Mandalorians like their one big thing. Yeah, well, and, yeah, they have the Star Wars man. The Star Wars is a oh, big yeah. thing. There's like a million things coming out. I remember when we talked about that. There's like 14 different Star Wars projects in in development. Supposedly, we'll see. So, I guess he'll he'll have worked right on. Yeah. All right. Um, word on the streets. Uh, producer John Davis and John Fox are developing a Waterworld TV show to take place 20 years after the film, most likely heading to Peacock. What do you think about that, man? What do you What do you think of the movie Waterworld, Joel? I don't. I don't know, man. Like I watched it one time. Wow, that's it. And it was like in theaters. I had yeah. never had any desire to watch it again. Like, I watched it once in theaters. What was that, like, 94, 95? Yeah, 95, I believe. So, yeah. Like, I don't have much remembrance of it at all, honestly. But I did read this article, and I was... I was what, what piqued my interest was uh, Dan Trachtenberg is, like, signed on to do it. Yeah, he, he directed Ten Cloverfield Lane, and he's just—he's someone I followed for a long time. I used to like watch his podcast. Oh, really? Like, he just, yeah, the totally rad show where him—it's basically like this podcast. It's just him and a couple of friends talk about movies and video games and like pop culture stuff. And he was just such a movie nerd that, like, when I found out he was like directing a real movie with like John Goodman, I was like. Okay, bud. <laughs> Way to go. And I, I also read in the same article that he's working on like the new like Predator movie that's going to be coming out. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like new an Predator origin movie about like the very first Predator. Dude, I, I want a Predator movie to be good again so badly, <laughs> like so badly. I thought Ten Cloverfield Lane was dope. Yeah, yeah, so I think hopefully you should do good Predator because remember at the end of Predator 2 when he throws him that blunderbuss? He throws Danny Danny, uh, Danny Glover. He's like, here. And he blunderbuss and he's like, these motherfucking Predators have been here a long time. He doesn't say that and that's a terrible Danny Glover impression, but you <laughs> know what I'm saying. Well, I don't know. But, yeah, so like it's, it's just as someone who's followed him for like fuck 15 to 20 years like it's cool to see dan trachtenberg kind of grow up and be the director and filmmaker he actually wanted to be his whole life i feel like Waterworld is really a divisive movie because for a long That's time it was saying i don't know who greenlit that that's a weird one well, for a long time, it was only panned. You only heard bad things about it. But I feel like lately, you've heard a lot of people, probably people like my age who grew up with it and were like, that, that movie was awesome. Like, I think I saw that movie when I was like, friggin' like eight or something in theaters with my dad and was like, this is the greatest movie. I'm sure there are movies like that from when I was that age, but Waterworld is not one of them. Yeah, for me it was. It was it was it was a good movie. Although you don't have Dennis Hopper anymore and he was a lot of the he was a lot of the fun in that movie. Yeah, I mean, is Kevin Costner even going to be in it either? Like it's probably just like about the think... ancillary characters and surrounding lore. Yeah. 
and they found dry land at the end of that movie. So what now? It's not a water world anymore. What now? Unless it goes back to being a water world. Uh, They said it takes place 20 years later. The events of the film. Yeah, I'm sure shit went bad then. But we'll see. I mean, I'm saying I'm, I, I, I like a post-apocalyptic movies and post-apocalyptic in the water. Come on, bro. That was cool. Like I'm not, I'm not the biggest, like, yeah, that's not really my genre. It was like Mad Max on water. That's exactly what it was. Anyway. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's go right into, uh, the end here. Trailer talk, huh? All right. Trailer talk. Let's start out with one you just sent me recently, uh, King Richard, which was uh, it's like the story of Venus and Serena Williams and their father, who's played yeah. by Will Smith. And uh, it looks good, man. Yeah, like I, I it, caught it earlier this week, and I was like, oh, it looks like Will Smith's going for another Oscar. Yeah, yeah, I, th- he's making choices in the trailer. He's doing he's doing something definitely say it's a perfect impression but i've never seen so i don't know maybe he's doing a perfect impression you could just as easily be like fucking like nicholas cage and willie's wonderland was doing a perfect impression of richard williams i don't know what that guy sounds or does but well i'm assuming I'm he's like at least like back, so young... will has that over him the young Venus and Serena, like it doesn't even go into their like ultra success. Like it's just about, it's about him. It's not really about them. Well, yeah, him and yeah. Cause it's just yeah. about him coaching them up to be the champions that they became ultimately. But like, from what I read, like, yeah, it's not delving into any of their like professional career. We'll see. I don't really know that much about Venus and Serena Williams growing up, and uh, hopefully it was better than like Tiger Woods, because Tiger Woods' dad was a jerk. I mean, at least according to that documentary we watched. I'm sure it was better than that. Like he, nothing yeah. in the trailer showed me that he was just an ultimate piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I think Richard Williams will pull this off better than uh, Earl Woods. Hopefully, yeah. But anyway, that looks good. Looking forward yeah, to that. Uh, next, I have House of Gucci, which is about a uh, Gucci, and there's like a murder plot. There's it's Lady Gaga and Adam Driver are the husband and wife Gucci, and there's a murder. And it's based on real events, and it's directed by Ridley Scott. So, I mean, Ridley Scott—that's a big—that's a big name, yeah. and a bunch of big names a lot of on. Big names. Another big name on there is Jared Leto, and uh, bro, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's just—he's going to be too distracting for me in that movie. It, there's there's a trailer coming up that you sent me that I'll get to fucking distracting. Okay, but first but, uh, let's share Leto in House well, of Gucci. I didn't even want to watch the trailer because you sent me the poster like earlier this week, and I was like, "What? I don't want to look at him, dude. Like, he looks crazy." He's he, Jared Leto. For anyone who doesn't know, is the you know like the lead singer or whatever of Thirty Seconds to Mars, a terrible band, and 
He's a very handsome, good-looking dude, and he's been doing these choices lately. <laughs> he just goes crazy. He's like a big, fat, bald man in this sh- in this movie. Well, like, he looks one ridiculous. Thing, one thing I'll say is that, like, I didn't want to watch this trailer. I seriously didn't. I was like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, this fucking guy. Yeah. He sent me that poster. Yeah. But I watched the trailer and I was like, I could maybe dig this. Like, I was interested. Yeah. Like, Dude, it's like, Adam Driver. Yeah, Adam Driver. Lady Gaga looked like she'd be awesome in it, too. There was someone else, I forget. But, like, I was also pretty into that. I mean, it was just, like, fucking Academy Award winners left and right. Yeah. Or nominees. Yeah, I I'm it a... It looked interesting. I'm a big Adam Driver guy, man. I, that guy is like one of my tops right now. So, um, he's pretty epic. Speaking of Adam Driver and getting into what you think is distracting, let's talk about the last duel. Yeah, I didn't even tell you which one I thought was distracting. You, oh, come on, dude! You nailed it, though. Of course, dude. Matt Damon has a mullet, and Ben Affleck has a what, like a Justin Bieber cut? <laughs> I don't know. Like I. I was like, hey, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are working together again. Cool. And then I saw each one of them, and I was like, you look the worst you've ever looked. <laughs> I don't know, man. Individually, you both look the worst you have ever looked. It's so weird because the movie looks really good. It looks really good. Like, I think, like, it has Adam Driver and Matt Damon, and they're like, they're, it's There's about them. no way I won't be distracted by Matt Damon's fucking head. Anyway, it's like, yeah, it sets up a duel between Matt Damon and Adam Driver, and it looks like it's going to be hella good, but it's like, did Matt Damon and Ben Affleck both come into this? Like, dude, I'm going to have more ridiculous hair in this than you. And they're like... That could totally be. Like, they're a couple of weird kind of frat boy energy. Like, they could have made, like, a side bet. You know, like, whoever (laughs) they say looks the most stupid in our reviews, like, I give you $100. It could be because it's like, what does it take place in like old time, like medievalish times or whatever? And it's and it's like, why is why does Ben have this silver platinum hair? <laughs> and it's like, bro, like, forward and Matt Damon's head is, I can't describe it. Like, like it's a mullet. Dude. Already pretty bad. He it's a mullet. This weird, like shaven to the head mullet. Yeah, like it's not even like short, like not business on top. It's like the fucking CEO on top. Like it's fucking no, no hair almost, just buzz cut, like flattened down hair, and then this flat, fucking track of hair in the back. That like he looks like he cut his hair with his feet. Yeah, I don't really see the point of it. Like, you didn't have to look ridiculous. Like, why? And then Ben Affleck's over here looking like a fucking grown-ass King Joffrey. Yeah. With just, like, the crown and the fucking little ploofy blonde hair. I'm like, what is this movie? Like, I saw both of them real fast in the trailer, and I was like, what the fuck is this? the bad haircut fucking story like the yeah. barber in medieval times story i don't know like like i said like i barely could concentrate on what it was actually about i was like 
every time Matt Damon came on screen, I laughed out loud. I was like, what the fuck is that? To everyone listening to this, just Google The Last Duel, Matt Damon, and look at a picture that comes up and have a good <laughs> laugh for yourself. Yeah, but it's got Adam Driver, man. So, you know, Adam Driver. Well, it's got Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, too. I like them, too. I just don't know what the hell's happening. I will give it a, a little shot, though. Silly. It, looked, it looked like it. I don't know. A medieval fucking revenge story. Like, it looked okay. Yeah. And uh, Anya Taylor-Joy in there. Yeah. Yeah, she's Honestly, on the rise. Dude, that's how distracted I was. I didn't even notice her in the fucking trailer. Yeah. Like, when she was right. on screen, I was thinking about Matt Damon. <laughs> Couldn't get past it. I get you. I feel you, bro. I'm feeling you. Um, next up, we have Ghostbusters Afterlife, the latest trailer. And, uh, yeah, I think it looks like fun, man. This looks like fun. I, this is the trailer I saw with the little, like, it has little, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Men, but they're actually the size of marshmallows. They're fucking adorable. It, it looks cool, man. Like, I got nothing bad to say about it, really. <clears throat> like, it looks like a less comedic version. Like, it's, yeah. like, it's like they're more like leaning toward the like the Stranger Things market where there's like actually scary shit going on with kids. And... But you got Paul Rudd in there as yeah. a lead, so he's going to bring the funny. And then at the very end, we had a Bill Murray tease. What which is, was ex- I swore that was Dan Aykroyd's voice. No, that voice sir i'm sure of it i need to listen to that again i like I'd i'm pretty sure that was dan Aykroyd. i know he's gonna be in the movie i know all of them are except for egon okay well like, yeah that sound rest like in dan peace harold ramus maybe i'm wrong because you only hear the voice yeah but yeah i'm excited for that that, that that's bill murray dan Aykroyd, and they're that's actually playing their characters like i was one of the few people who liked the female version. Like, I didn't think it was nearly as bad as people fucking railed on it for. I just thought it was just kind of forgettable. I just thought it was fine, but nothing I needed to watch again or anything, so... I think people would have actually said that they enjoyed that movie if it didn't have the Ghostbusters brand on it. Problem, man. That was a little distracting, where it's like, why does it need this branding yeah, it's just whatever. Because uh, what's his name? Like this Chris is Hemsworth. not that far off. It's just instead of women, it's kids now. Yeah, but it actually follows the time. the The problem with the 2016 is they say, "Oh, it happened, but it didn't happen. It didn't make any fucking sense." It's like they didn't acknowledge the previous. This. Yeah. You gotta acknowledge the the story, man. In my sure. opinion, I don't like. I I need to watch the 2016 one again. That's like one of those movies that just came out and it's like never been available on streaming, so I just never saw it again. I just remember thinking, uh, what Crips like yeah. I thought he was the best part. He was my favorite part. It was like he's he's a, he plays a really good dummy. Oh, yeah. I'm bored, man. I thought it looked pretty cool. Yep. 
All right. Uh, next, I got Dexter New Blood. Dexter New Blood trailer where he's uh, it takes place in his is he's a lumberjack now, but you know his lumberjack stuff isn't sustaining him. Apparently, he's got to go back to his his Dexter ways, as you'd think. Uh, yeah. What, 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 what do you think, Joel? What do you think? I don't know, what man. I watched it like with an open mind, and I just, I just don't give a fuck. I'm like, like it's it's exciting when shows kind of have reunion seasons and like fucking bring everyone back for like a final run, but like not when it's to make up for how bad you shit the bed. Well, that's the problem, man. They shit the bed so bad. They're just like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta rectify this. We gotta rectify like it's Dexter's like legacy. Bad was so amazing, and then they had the El Camino movie, and that was amazing. And it's just like that shit is cool. Like, I don't need more Dexter. You fucked Dexter up for me for like three whole seasons at the end. I don't need a new one. Maybe you know they figure the legacy will be better remembered if they go like we had a shitty one season, but if we come back and have an awesome next season, then then it'll be more fondly remembered. Maybe eh, perhaps I it's got a ah. Who's that one bad guy from Shawshank Redemption uh, that's Clancy in it? Brown. Clancy Brown, dude, he's awesome. I love that guy. He is. Like once I saw him, I was like, oh yeah, he's in this, and I he's like. Of- the main big bad apparently yeah. of the season, which is cool, which is a cool thing because he's awesome. He has a great yeah. voice. Like it, like it might be okay, man. I just they left such a bad taste in my mouth that I just don't care. Yeah, the last season of Dexter was what I would call an epic Plus, fuck like, up. I don't have like the one of the only streaming things I don't have is Showtime, so I'm not like gonna seek it out really. That's true. Me neither. I feel I'm you. Just like it's whatever. Heard that, bro. All right. Um, and lastly, for our word on the street and trailer talk today is Dune. Dune. I am excited for Dune, brother, because oh, I love the book. I mean, I, I love the first book. I know people who are Dune heads are like, oh man, the, the books. I'm like, no, dude, those those other books are trash. They're they're trash dune is awesome though and i think it has enough of a story where you won't because denis villeneuve or whatever yeah that's how you say his name right close enough we both we you and me are in the minority that we don't love blade runner 2049 i don't even like it and concern is that we might have some Blade Runner 2049 moments and that's like let's just look in an actor's face for 10 minutes and it's like I don't need that yeah, I could I see that for sure but it's like, there's, oh, Timothy Chalamet is pretty but I don't need to look at him for 5 straight minutes but there's so much damn story in Dune and it looks like the I think you take the amazing visuals of 2049 Blade Runner 2049 which we both give it that and I mean, it looks like you amp it up because the visuals on this look amazing, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, the I sandworms. The and I was like, this movie cost $100 billion. Yeah. Yeah, Every dude. Every frame of it looks impeccable. Yeah. You know, Oscar Isaac in there. And uh, shoot, you got Jason Momoa. You got freaking uh, Batista. 
Looks awesome. Looks awesome. Like it's it's you know it's not really my lane, like just kind of sci-fi fantasy epics. No, maybe but, maybe. But I'm willing yeah. to like I'll go in with an open mind. I'm willing to give it a shot. Like, did like you I ever said, like, read it the might book? be able to get by just on the actors and style alone. <laughs> like for me, like it might just be enough for me to watch these actors act in this pretty environment for two hours. Yeah. Did you ever read the book? No. Oh, okay. It's a good book, man. It's a good book. And it's a classic. You know, you say no, like it's crazy, but well, like it's crazy. A lot of people are... like if you know me, like that's not what I would read. Well, you know, sometimes people just read stuff. Vivacious yeah. readers. No, I have not read it. All right. Well, I think the movie looks good and I'm excited. All right. Um will bring us to tonight's binge or cringe. This week's Binger Cringe is Dr. Death, which is streaming on, what is it, Peacock? Yes. Peacock. And this is based on a true story of Dr. Christopher Dunch, who uh, named a shit ton of people during botched surgeries and even has a few bodies to his name. And this show explores whether it was kind of intentional or just terrible doctoring and they kind of delve into the dr dunch's backstory and they delve into a couple doctors who are trying to take him down uh dr dunch joshua jackson and the doctors who are trying to take him down are and christian slater and uh what do you think of this what do you think of this show joel so far um well, Cameron, we have a we have a binger cringe first. Okay, I watched the whole thing. Whoa, yeah. that's a that's a pretty good endorsement, I'd say. Yeah, I watched all eight episodes. Dang, dude! Like it was just it was one of those fucking things, man. Like as soon as one episode ended, I'm like, I need to know more. Yeah, like I was just I was fascinated by the whole story. And I loved like Joshua Jackson's performance. I thought he was fucking great. I Joshua Jackson's Slater pretty good. Was awesome. That's my note. Is uh, Christian Slater is my favorite part of it. In so He's far that really I've good. seen, I've seen three episodes, and Christian Slater is my favorite part. I wish he was in it a little more. I don't know if he shows up same. a little uh, more he's later. In it about the same the whole time. Okay, but it's 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 a Joshua Jackson show. Like he's in almost all the scenes, really. Yeah. But like Anna Sophia Robb comes in later on as a lawyer and I really liked her performance. Like I I thought it's a fucking great show. And like it's just it did one of those things that a show should do, which is like it the first episode left me with questions and there were questions that I wanted answers to. Like yeah. it, it, it it made me ask questions that I was like I need to keep watching. I need to see what the answer to my questions are. And yeah, I watched the whole fucking thing, man. Like a few days. Well, maybe I kind of fucked myself on that because I was like, when I watched the first episode, I had the same thing, but I was like, this was a real guy? This is crazy. And then I had to look it up and I was like, oh, okay. So I saw what happened IRL. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't want to do that. Like, I was like, I'm going to watch the show before I do that because I'm like, 
I was into it. Like I was hooked. I knew if I did that, it like you said, like it would have fucked me over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the show, the stuff that I'm on has been delving a lot into his like his backstory and just what kind of drives him to be what he is. That's that's the thing that fucking kept me watching is like I had no idea. Like I did not know if this guy legitimately was a murderer or if like his ego and his narcissism just refused to let him see that he was not a good doctor. Yeah. Because, like, what the fuck else is, what is his motivation for, like, killing these people? Like, he's just like, no, I did good on that surgery. My fucking assistant messed it up. <laughs> and they're like, okay, here's, we'll put you on the OR for tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's kind of terrifying that a man yeah. like this was allowed to maim, like, 87 people or whatever the number was. I'm glad I didn't watch this while I was in the hospital. Yeah, I... <laughs> that's true. That's... Oh, Jesus Christ. They can just have doctors like this roaming around. That's terrifying. And, like, Christian Slater's character was just so fucking like, vehemently, like, angry at this fucking guy and just wanted him to eat a bullet he's like fuck dunch christian slater was so damn charismatic in this like he's great dude he's great and alec baldwin just did his alec baldwin thing and it was serviceable it's yeah he's alec baldwin and he's gonna be he's like this is a this i totally buy this man as like a good doctor and like the gravelly voiced old like wise doctor who has been around the block yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I never stopped liking it. Like I enjoyed it like all the way till the last minute. Like it was a good fucking show. Like I was very surprised. I was just like, oh, here's a new show that's kind of out. Like let's check this out and I watched all eight episodes. You got suckered in, bro. It was good. I didn't get suckered in. Like I'm glad. Like it felt great. Nice. Well, it didn't feel great. Like it was a pretty brutal show to watch. Yeah, it's a little depressing. But like, a little did depressing. You, did you just watch the two episodes? I told I watched three. Because it was like, I think it was in the third episode where you really kind of got to see like what it's like when Christopher Dunch goes home from work, and he like lives in this like frat boy environment. Yeah, where yeah. He's just like writing so. prescriptions for his friends, and like he's just like wants to keep the party going and I'm like and then he just comes to work the next day with his like suit and tie and like doctor like I'm like it's wild the double life this guy led and got away with for so long yeah he seemed like a like a weird individual Dr. Christopher Dunch Currently, Joshua Jackson played him with such a sense of like rage under the surface that it's just even when he's smiling, you see it and he's ready to fucking explode. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it was Josh Jackson. I'm glad he got this because it was originally supposed to be Jamie Dornan who got that part, Uh, but I wouldn't know he had nearly as much. He had to drop out because of like you know 
conflicting schedules or something. So Josh Jackson came in to replace him, and I thought Josh Jackson killed it. I mean, it looked like him. Like, if you yeah. look at a picture of fucking Dunch, like, they just fattened up Joshua Jackson's face. He looks like that fool. I don't know. This one gets a big thumbs up for me. I liked it a lot. Yeah. All right. So that's if a. You're into like crime dramas based on true events. Like, this is a great one. Definitely a binge. Yeah. Binge for me, too. Yeah. I agree. A literal binge for me. <laughs> yeah. You, you binged it. All right. Double binge. Let's, uh, let's get into Main Street. Yes, sir. Main Street. All right. First up this week, we have Gunpowder Milkshake. This movie is stars Karen Gillan as an assassin who works for this company that Paul Giamatti is like a, her boss, kind of. And she gets these jobs. And she gets a job that kind of goes awry, and then she has to protect this kid and that's kind of the rest of the movie is a uh, job goes awry and she has a little girl to uh, protect. And uh, then because of that, the uh, company is just tries to kill her and all these other people are trying to kill her. And uh, what would you, you think of gunpowder milkshake, Joel? It was fine. Yeah. That's how I felt. Like it was, uh, it ranks like in the lower mid tier of, like, oh shit, I have to, I'm in trouble now and I have to fight off wave after wave of enemy in most ridiculous of manners. Like, yeah. The ranks in the lower mid tier there with like shoot 'em up and crank. I agree. With like Which the is... upper tier being John Wick and shit and the raid. It was funny that Paul Giamatti was in this because I also thought of shoot 'em up. Yeah. And uh, my my biggest note here is that I think this movie is what I would call style over substance. Like this movie does a lot of stylistic things and it knows it looks cool or it thinks it looks cool. A lot of slow motion music yeah. blaring stuff. And uh, it's it just is too much sometimes. Just a little too much. I like the library for some reason like i just thought that was a cool set piece i thought there was a couple fun scenes there was the scene in the library at the end the fights in the library although i kind of wish they wouldn't have cut between like five different planes of action so as soon as something was getting interesting in one they'd cut to another yeah and uh my favorite my favorite fight in the movie was there's a scene where she gets like injected with something and can't use her hands. And she has to, she has to fight these dudes that she beat up earlier. So they're like all fucked up. They can't walk. So it's like this cripply, like, yeah, this, this fight between these messed up people around wildly, like shooting a gun somehow and aiming. Like, okay. She has a little girl tape a gun to her. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, once the little girl got involved, I was I liked it less. I was like, I it's gonna be one of these movies where she's like, Oh, I gotta save the kid now too. Like I you you mentioned this recently, you don't like it when movies do that. It's like it becomes a uh, like an escort mission in a video yeah. game. And I agree. Yeah, it's a and it very much felt like that. You knew where it's going. So yeah, like once once there was a little 
adorable girl involved, I was like, ah, oh, it's going to be, I didn't know that. I thought it was just going to be like straight John Wick style fucking action banger, which it was, but like, I didn't need the fucking extra fluff. Yeah. Um, I like Karen Gillan, but weirdly, I didn't really like her in this. Like, I, I don't know what it was. There was something off about her. I'm with you there. Like, I usually like her, and she she can bring, like, a lot of emotion to a crazy character like Nebula in the Marvel series. Yeah. And But I felt like in this movie, it was probably direction or something, but it just felt like she's trying to look cool instead of servicing whatever the story may have been. Yeah, she always had this, like, stray red strand of hair that she'd, like, blow out of her face. And I'm like, all right, you're super, super cool comic book girl. Yeah. And I was just like, it, it wasn't for me. Like, her, I, I'm with you there and what you're saying about, like, I usually like her. And she she was just kind of strange in this movie. It's just like, I'm. it's probably just one of those things where, like, a director's style just doesn't mesh with an actor's style because... I thought um, her mother, played by Lena Headey, was actually really excellent. <laughs> like, she worked really well in the movie. Yeah, she was good. Like, I thought she was great, and I, you know, I don't think one's, like, particularly way better than the other, so it's I probably just... kind of the elder women that were, like, the top tier, like the Angela Bassett and Carla oh, yeah. Gugino. And... Yeah, Carla Gugino, man. I love her and things, ever since Son-in-Law. She's She's... She's been a, I've had a thing for her since yeah, son-in-law, and she's been hot bringing it since. Back. That is bringing it back, and she's been hot ever since, man. Yeah, and she's still attractive, lady. She was, she was in Sin City, and that was a revelation. Let me tell you. Oh yeah, buddy. Nudity. Um. <laughs> Nudity plus one. <laughs> so yeah, gunpowder milkshake. Um. Yeah, I don't, there's not much else to say about it. Like it's like like I said, style over substance is my main note. It's it's very stylish. I wish there was a little more Paul Giamatti. He kind of just don't, don't you always. He's I'd probably have to put shoot him up a little higher because he's all throughout shoot him up. Yeah. I don't know. Like what do you, what do you give this one? I'd give it like a five. I, I didn't hate my time with it, but I didn't love my time with it. I was I was gonna say the same. I've been doing a lot of the same ratings lately. Like I was gonna say a five as well, just cause same. Like it was fine, but like it could have been more, and it could have been worse. Like I have nothing prophetic to say about this movie other than like it's a movie where a woman runs around killing people and shooting things. Yeah, she's a badass. I I don't really I, I wouldn't really recommend it unless yeah you don't really have anything else to watch, in which case, whatever. It's a way to pass the time. All right. We have a quiet place part two. Uh, this movie takes place right after the first one uh where these there's these monsters that just hunt on sound so you have to be extra quiet because if you make any kind of sound these monsters come out of nowhere and murder you and uh john krasinski got murked in the first one spoilers if you're listening to quiet place part two review you know you gotta know that now 
and uh, they're kind of looking for survivors and they come upon Killian Murphy. And with him, they discover a radio station and the little deaf girl kind of goes on this mission to bring her secret sound weapon to the people broadcasting and Killian ends up accompanying her while uh, Emily Blunt takes care of her hurt son. Uh, what'd you think of a quiet place part two, Joel? Um, I don't like movies that scare the shit out of me. I know that. So this scared the shit out of you. The first one did more. Cause yeah. like, the first one was more like, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. But like, I really liked the first part of this movie where they'd like show like the origin of all this happening. Oh yeah, they they show like the first day it happened. Yeah. And like, John Krasinski. Really yeah. And then I don't know, like I just found myself kind of losing interest as it went on, which I I don't like because like everyone's saying it's an amazing movie and I'm just like it was like it was good. It was fine. I thought the first one was way better. I thought the first one was a little better. I thought this was a very good sequel, though. Uh, that's what everyone's saying. I don't know what it was. Just something lost me there. I thought um, Killian Murphy... Like when the kid got his leg caught in a bear trap, I was like, oh! Because I'm yeah, talking well... about like when painful things that I see or hear about like make my leg go crazy in pain. That yeah. happened a lot during that scene. Yeah, that looked like it would hurt probably a little bit. But um, I thought Killian Murphy was a great replacement for uh, Krasinski, if you got to get another guy in there. Killian Murphy's a great actor, man. I thought he did a great job. I feel like we don't see him that often. Well, he's doing his show Peaky Blinders, you know. I watched that show. Okay. I didn't know if that show was still on. Yeah, it's still, or it's, I think it's about to end. But um, yeah, he's like the uh, Irish gangster. Pretty well, cool. Show. Like, I'm aware of the show. I just, I thought it ended. Pretty cool show. But yeah, like, it's just, it, I don't know. He kind of burst onto the scene there. And then, like, I just don't see him at nearly as often. Yeah, it's true. Because he did, like, 28 Days Later, and then he was in the, the Batman movies. Kind of like it was, it was like so I, cool. while I was watching Doctor Death, I was thinking that about Christian Slater. Is like I loved him so much in the '90s, and then he just fell off the earth for like 15, 20 years. Yeah, and he does he like started coming back with like Mister Robot and like just little roles and things. Like, so it's good to have him back in my life. I like Christian Slater. I like Christian Slater too. I thought he was great in Doctor Death, and I think Killian Murphy's always great. Like I, I can't think of a thing where I'm like, ah, he wasn't great in that. So it was cool to see him in this. Um, I had just a couple, a, a couple weird things about it. it was like, um, uh, did you know at the end? Okay, this is spoilers. But Killian Murphy and a little girl end up on the island, right? Mm. And then Killian Murphy sees a boat and he freaks out. And then the monsters are there. Did the monsters drive that boat? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly had not thought about it. 
because they couldn't swim so that's how they figure it out and then they get to the island and then there's the boat that was at the dock they were at before and he freaks out and the monsters are there so just like a pack of those monsters be like bro we got a boat (laughs) which is just stranger things have happened man i wanted to see that scene where these monsters are figuring out how to drive a boat i i honestly that did not occur to me that that distracted me quite a bit i was like ah the monsters (laughs) they're there how did they get there i think they drove that boat well it was like when fucking dude caught his leg in a bear trap he was screaming bloody murder and like i'm like is anything gonna fucking happen here Oh, yeah, they do show up, but... I was just like, in the first movie, that, like, little toy went off, and she was gone in one second. The little boy, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it was a boy, I forgot. Yeah, their their son. He wasn't in the movie that long, so, yeah, I forgot. No, he died immediately. (laughs) He died immediately. Um, I will say, overall, I think the first one was a lot scarier than this one. This one just, it didn't have... Yeah, just like, more like a, movie. yeah, more like an action. It wasn't as much of a scary vibe. Yeah, um, I was on fucking shaking in fear. It had the thing that I hate in horror movies when a character is doing something that's like, why is this character doing that? There's no reason to do that. When the little kid, when the boy, the hurt boy, is like exploring the warehouse, it's like you're you're gonna fuck something up. Like it's obvious. <laughs> And then he does. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what happens when your mom told you to stay inside. Well, what, was, what were you doing? What were you doing? I don't know, man. Like I said, like, I, I really was super into the beginning, and then it just kind of waned off for me. Yeah. Not that it wasn't good. I'm just saying people are saying it was spectacular, and I just don't see it. No, yeah, I think it was pretty good. Like I said, again, these aren't my kind of movies. That's right. You're not a horror man. I'm not. I'm the horror man around here. You are. I'm the the romantic comedy biopic fucking guy. Yeah. So, uh, Joel, what would you give A Quiet Place Part 2? Uh, I don't know, like a 7? Okay, that's not bad. I would give it a 7.5. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Judging from what you were saying, you'd give it like a nine or something. Oh, no, no. I think it was a pretty good sequel, but it was like, it wasn't like, I don't, even the first Quiet Place, like, I might give just an eight or an 8.5. I'm not sure. I'd have to rewatch it, but I think the first one was a lot better and scarier. And uh, horror movies should be more scary. Yeah. True that. All right, so that'll lead us into our final film of the evening, and that is Space Jam, A New Legacy, which stars LeBron James. And uh, it's Space Jam, guys. What more do you want here? It's LeBron James in a Space Jam. His uh, son gets sucked up in the WB serververse, they call it, and... Uh, he has to play a baseball or baseball. He has to play baseball. a basket. I missed yeah. that part. He has to play a basketball type game to get him out. And 
with Looney Tunes. And uh, I'm going to just start off right now. I'm going to say I didn't hate this movie. So uh, we'll go from there. What did you think? I didn't hate it either. That's good. I oh think God. a lot of... Everyone's saying it's fucking like the worst. And it's like this just awful like Warner Brothers commercial, which it is, but like it's not bad. Like, I don't know what you expected. It's fucking LeBron James playing a weird, like, video game basketball version of Space Jam with the Looney Tunes. Yeah. Like, it's it's fucking fun for what it was. Again, I feel like it's people putting too much too much stock in the original Space Jam. Like, you the look back Space and you're Jam like... Space Jam wasn't a fucking epic. No, it was pretty ridiculous itself. And yeah, yeah it, I, I got exactly the fucking movie I thought I was going to get. Exactly. It, it was, I'll, I'll say, I watched it with my kids and my kids liked it. So, I mean, that's as far as you really need to go with it. I mean, it's, I think it's a movie made for children and I think most children will enjoy it. There was one joke I saw coming a mile away that still made me laugh. What was that? The uh, Michael B. Jordan joke. Oh, that was the best part of the movie for me. <laughs> like, when they're like, they said, we found Michael Jordan. I was like, I bet you anything, it's fucking Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> like, I didn't see that coming. And yeah, then when it happened, the instant thing that came to my mind is I'm, I'm like, there's another famous Michael Jordan. <laughs> and then when it happened, I was pretty happy. I was especially happy when he gave the clear eyes, full hearts speech yeah, on Friday Night Lights. I was, was like, dope. hey, he's doing the Friday Night Lights thing. Yeah, that was Hell yeah. cool because he's like super megastar now and like he brought back a Friday Night Lights quote. That's dope. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I, that was pretty funny. Like, yeah, I didn't, they another, got me. Go ahead. I was just saying they got me with that one. I didn't know if they were going to bring in Michael Jordan, but no, uh, they brought in Michael Another joke that fucking struck me. That was just stupid, but like the visual made me laugh out loud was fucking when they were going through like the movies and shit yeah like the warner brothers movies <laughs> got the austin power and sylvester was mr bigglesworth oh yeah he was just all shaved like hey <laughs> i'm laughing right now thinking about it that made me crack the fuck up it was kind of funny but it was kind of funny in the way that it's like man wb they're throwing everything they have into this but they're also kind of showing their hand that like everything they have is kind of in the past <laughs> like they're going through they hit austin powers yeah. they hit like casablanca like is this <laughs> that's a weird choice for like a kid's movie no it was weird to see like there were a lot of weird like pennywise like why is he in a kid's movie it was a weird thing that Pennywise was just there, and it was like, is is he Pennywise? Because if this is Pennywise, wouldn't he just start killing the other people no, on the sidelines? Pennywise. Yeah, then why wasn't he murdering the other like people on the sidelines? That's more Pennywise. Because he was so there he, to watch a basketball game. I guess. Just like that's why the uh, the guys from A Clockwork Orange didn't just start raping people. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't. You're at a basketball game. You're there to watch the game, you know? I thought there so, was some pretty uncanny valley, awful CGI with Don Cheadle, though, when he turned into, like, the super version of himself. When he turned into the LeBronified version? Yeah, I was like, that looks pretty rough, guys. It looked a little weird. 
I didn't mind Don Cheadle in the movie. I thought he was chewing the scenery, having fun with it. It was, yeah. Like, people have been trashing this fucking movie, so I didn't know what to expect. Then I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I expected. Like, what did you think you were getting? I think a lot of it is, there's a ton of people that hate LeBron out there. And I don't really, I don't know, unless you're one of those teams, unless you're one of those markets that had the him as on your team and he left. I don't know. I don't know. I was a Utah Jazz fan. Like right at when fucking Space Jam came out was like when Jordan was killing the Jazz in the finals. I wasn't a big fan of him either. Yeah. But it seems like, you know, I think I think even the people that weren't a big fan always acknowledged him as the greatest. And LeBron has a more varied legacy. You know, people are a little more iffy on him. A little more iffy. He seems a lot more, like I said, like I said, he's divisive. And yeah, overall, I just, I just thought it was fine, dude. I thought the, the, the stuff where they do all the other movies were pretty fun, actually. Like it was like a, um, ready player one type situation. You just throw all these other things in there. When they went to Mad Max world, Tasmanian devil. Oh yeah, that was cool. That was hilarious. I was like, oh, Cameron's going to like that. I love Mad Max. You know me. But uh, one thing I found, like, <laughs> I found the, the actual game a little hard to follow. Yeah, the game was weird. <laughs> it's it's not, it wasn't a real basketball game because it was like, like based... oh, they're up by 900 points. Oh, he just hit a thousand pointer, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, all right. The game itself seemed, yeah, because it was based on, like, LeBron's son is, like, a video game programmer, and he made a video game, yeah. so that's what they're playing there, and so it wasn't, like, a real basketball game. He's like, which is, oh, LeBron's going to miss the winning dunk. Like, wait, let me throw my little jump disc underneath you so you can get a double jump off that. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is not fair. <laughs> And uh, one thing I'll I'll gotta say about LeBron and his son, like I thought that lent a more like it gave the movie more heart than the original Space Jam had. Like the original Space Jam, like he's just playing the game because the Looney Tunes asked him to, and then this one like gave him a reason. And it just I liked I I might like this more than the original. I know yeah, that might because be because LeBron's a dick. If they just asked him to play, he'd be like fuck off. Yeah, he, he needed the reason. Michael Jordan did it for the love of the game. Sure, <laughs> sure, man. Um, one thing I liked is they showed LeBron's house, and it was like a crazy mansion. And it's like this is the nicest house in the world. Unlike the first Space Jam, when it's like, "Hey guys, would you believe that Michael Jordan lives in this regular ass house in the suburbs?" And I'm like, yeah. "No, no, I wouldn't." Uh. It is weird to like draw parallels between the two. It is a little bit, but just, you got like, to. I found it so just so strange that like I'm watching this fucking game that like has the most ridiculous rules ever. And like I'm like looking at the crowd is full of like just R-rated horrible characters and I'm like why are they in this why why like why as an executive would you be like we should put Pennywise in our Looney Tunes movie the thing that scare if the shit out of joel will be okay for seven-year-olds and it's the that was distracting also because it's like 
the background characters in during the that game were like they clearly weren't getting the top of the line VFX. They look like they got costumes from Spirit Halloween. <laughs> like it's I, like I found here's... it distracting because I was like, I found whenever the crowd was shown, I found like I would pause it sometimes. I just wanted to see like what references I was missing. Yeah, but it's like here's Batman in a shitty Batman suit you can buy on in Walmart during Halloween time. Like, come on, guys spring i don't know but but yeah like i said i didn't hate it i know the movie's getting a lot of hate and uh i think if you have kids it's a fine movie to watch i find the hate that it's getting to be a little fucking ridiculous honestly like because i watched it expecting some just just awful movie and i was like this is what i thought it would be I'm like, yeah. maybe it is also what other people thought it would be, and they just hate that movie. <laughs> I don't know. And I think, like I said, a lot of people hate LeBron, and uh, they have rose-colored glasses for what Space Jam was. I'll say Space Jam, what Space Jam, the original one, has over this movie is its soundtrack. Space Jam had a legendary soundtrack, and this movie's music was whatever. Sure. So there's that. I mean, Space Jam had I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly. What else, though? That's the only one that's coming to mind. It had that cover of, uh, what's that, Eagles, Fly Like an Eagle. Not the Eagles. <laughs> it had Fly Like an Eagle by Steve Miller Band. But it was like cover of it. And then they had, uh, what was that song with Chris Rock, Basketball Jones? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Remember a Chris Rock and... Who was that other guy? It, it was the song that played when like the basketball players were in therapy and they're like, oh, yeah. Anyway, that was a great. It was I, great. I, I need to watch the first one again, apparently. I first one's not I bad. I can fly being unescapable when that movie came out. Yeah. 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 The, the soundtrack's a banger, man. Oh, I had Space Jam, dude. The Space Jam song itself. And you didn't hear it in this movie, which was welcome to the Space Jam. Oh, yeah. The Space Jam. Uh, It was interesting because you said fucking like you might like this one better, and I just realized I have not seen the original Space Jam in probably over a decade. I watched it recently, and yeah, like I said, that has some moments. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying it's not the movie that people will hold it up to be in their minds. No. So, um, what would you give Space Jam a new legacy? I give it like a six and a half. Yeah, I give it a six. I'll give it a six even. And we're like fucking I, on the same page lately. Yeah, we're pretty close to each other. So, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week's Screen Streets. Yes, sir. Until next right. week. See you next week.